0: In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the latest on Connor Brown and how he was placed on injured reserve. Later in the show, we'll talk about this opportunity that's been presented for Connor McMichael and Joe Snively. They should make the most of it. And ultimately, why did the Capitals go with Beck Malenstein over Sonny Milano? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holme. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So, in news today, just right off the start here, we have talked about Connor Brown's injury for the last couple days and what that means to this Capitals team. What does it mean ultimately is that it's going to present opportunities for the likes of Connor McMichael and Joe Snively, who have yet to see regular season play. So, this will be a great opportunity for them. And, you know, what are the ramifications and or what are the long-term implications of Connor Brown being out? Uh, those are the questions that need to be asked. Uh, the, part of the things that they were talking about there is that they won't uh, rule surgery out. So the guy that they got to plug the place of Tom Wilson also suffered an injury. This is definitely not going according to the Capitals' plans. This was a story in The Athletic they were talking about. The Capitals entered the season missing a few key pieces due to injury. On Wednesday, they were dealt another body blow. First-line right wing Connor Brown, just four games into the Caps' tenure, will be sidelined for a significant amount of time with a lower leg injury, suffered during Monday's 6-4 win over Vancouver. And when you watched the game, you could tell that something happened. I didn't see what had happened until they kind of zoomed up on him and, and noticed that he was kind of grimacing and hunched over on the way to the bench, but suffice to say, he suffered an, an injury that's major enough that he's going to miss some substantial time. Again, like I talked about, not ideal. This was a guy that they got to plug in for Tom Wilson, you know, until about Thanksgiving or Christmas. So the one thing you can say about this, and I've said this before, is, you know, oftentimes pl- players will say, well, when did you get your big break? And they'll say, I got my big break when the guy in front of me got injured, and then I played so well, they couldn't take me out of the lineup. And you got to think to a certain extent, you know, I don't want to say that Connor Brown and Joe Snively were hoping for something like this. No one hopes for injuries, of course, but a real golden opportunity for them to get inserted into a lineup that necessarily might not have happened. If, the you know, the everything hadn't aligned just perfectly and you take a look at Connor Brown and you take a look at Kuznetsov getting suspended for one game, Who knows ultimately when they would have seen game action, but uh, a great opportunity nonetheless. Doctors and Brown are weighing the next steps for the 28-year-old and specifically whether surgery is the proper course of action. More should be known in coming days, a Cap spokesman said. Whatever is ultimately decided, we can be sure of this much. A year after ranking among NHL's most banged up teams, the Caps 2022-23 season is off to a difficult start. And this is a Caps team that everyone talks about, this aging roster of Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom, the geriatric team, if you will. And, you know, certain things like this are not helping the situation. If you watch the NHL Network or TSN, wherever you're watching this, they will talk about this Capitals team being a bubble team at best. And when they're off to a 500 start, you know, it kind of builds, you know, strength in that argument. Are they going to find a way to persevere and over overcome? You know, injuries are not foreign to any team out there. It's how you handle them. And if your team has enough depth, whether it be on the active roster or in your AHL affiliate or ECHL affiliate, the Caps really have to use this and rise to the challenge. Brown joins an already extensive list of Capitals forwards who are out long-term, among them Nick Backstrom, Tom Wilson, and Carl Hagelin. So it is quite a big list when you look at it. Tom Wilson, Amongst those will be the ones that returns first. Nick Backstrom will be lucky to be, you know, come back towards the tail end of the season or the start of next season. And Carl Hagelin, we have no timetable on him. So he is out indefinitely. We don't know. Including Browns, that's a whopping $20.7 in salaries on the shelf. Anytime you hear somebody's out long-term, it's not good, Coach Lavulette said of Brown. We were really excited to have him here and be part of our organization Disappointing for us, disappointing for him. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate because you did see the chemistry that was formed between Dylan Strome and Connor Brown. So you're going to have to subtract that. And, uh, you know, I guess it ultimately remains to be seen. They said they would not remove surgery from the table. So, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, just as a guy that's observing the facts in front of me here, that he's probably going to miss, you know, at least a couple of months, maybe several months. Um, definitely not ideal. As Lovulet said, it's a tough break for the team and the player. Brown, who was acquired in July from Ottawa in exchange for a 2024 second round pick, was looking for his first point of the season when he tumbled awkwardly into the boards against the Canucks. He's an unrestricted free agent at season's end. And why did the Caps go out and pick up these guys on one-year deals? Strom and Brown, that is, is because they know that Wilson and Backstrom will be coming back at some point. An interesting comment was made is that it was in that Pierre LeBron interview with uh, Brian McClellan is that they could have spent all of Backstrom's long-term injured reserve money, but they chose not to because they knew that there was a possibility that uh, Nick Backstrom could come back at the tail end of the season. So, you know, if you can use that as any kind of gauge, um, it does look, you know, as long as Nick keeps progressing and going forward and all signs point to that, we might see him. You know, towards the tail end when we could use him the most. And Tom Wilson is also ahead of schedule. You know, at first, initial estimates were more towards New Year's, and now they're saying it's between uh, the beginning of November and Thanksgiving. So let's just really hope that we can get those players back. The bad news about Brown, Brown coupled with a one-game suspension levied against afgani Kuznetsov, forced Laviolette to shuffle his forward lines ahead of Thursday's game in Ottawa. The Senators scored seven goals against the Bruins on Tuesday. Just taking a look at the lineups here. This is what it is expected to be versus Ottawa. So top line, Ovi, Lars Eller, Connor Sheary. Second line, Protus, Strom, Oshie. Third line, Johansson, Johansson, McMichael, Mantha. Fourth line, Snively, Dowd, and Hathaway. Is that what it'll be in actuality? That's what it was at practice. I guess it remains to be seen. Again, a really great opportunity for someone like Connor McMichael, and Joe Snively. They might get an opportunity to finally get some playing action. This is their opportunity to prove themselves to the Caps and the rest of the NHL that they belong here. And they should play so well that it's going to be difficult to remove them from the lineup because they played that well. Will they be able to do that? I guess that remains to be seen, but that is what we're hoping for here. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about Connor McMichael and Joe Snively's opportunity on this team. We'll talk about the shakeup of the lines and the defensive pairings. And what does it all mean? We'll talk about that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And guys, if you haven't done this, I am not much of a betting man, but I use BetOnline to help me when I'm making my predictions on the over-unders and that kind of thing in the NHL and NFL. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Game to Game. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we are going to talk about the shakeup of the lines and the defensive pairings and what is all behind this. Of course, like we talked about in the first segment, it has mostly to do with Connor Brown being out and Kuznetsov. And you're going to be playing an Ottawa Senators team. You know, that is young and up and coming, but a bit off to a slow start. But I think a good uh, proving ground for those guys to see what they ultimately have in the tank. Uh, Do they belong on this team or is there someone else in Hershey that would be a better fit? Um, A lot of people were talking about why is Beck Malenstein up? They wanted the added depth. And he also brings that sandpaper and grit if called upon. I ultimately don't think that he will see a lot of playing time, if at all. But when they make a trip, they always like to have an extra just in case. The forward lines also changed without Kuznetsov. Lars Eller moved up to the first line to play between Ovechkin and Connor Sheary, who leads the club with three goals this season. Alexei Protus moved back to the top six, working on the second line with Dylan Strom and TJ Oshie writes Washington Hockey Now. On the bottom six, the team will finally see Connor McMichael and Joe Snively drawn for the first time. McMichael is centering the third line with Marcus Johansson and Anthony Mantha, while Snively is playing on the fourth line with Nick Dowd and Garnet Hathaway. Beck Malenstein, who was called up on Wednesday, was the extra forward. He was skating on the fourth, pairing with Matt Irwin. So Malenstein is what I would call insurance um, I do think that you know he would be an interesting guy to try to to piece in there, just because he has that big presence, that intimidation factor. Is he Tom Wilson? No, but he does have that big frame, and he is a bit more aggressive. I do think the physicality has been something that this Caps team has been missing in Tom Wilson's absence. I think it's a good fit. I don't know if ultimately he will see any kind of playing time. My you know hunch is that he will not, unless there is some sort of other injury. So Kuznetsov, suspension, and Brown, of course, did not skate. Washington is coming back in action on Thursday against the Ottawa Senators. The team is coming off back-to-back wins while the Senators captured their first win of the season on Tuesday with a 7-5 victory over the Bruins. So, I mean, it's one of the things the Caps are going to have to be ready going forward uh, for a team, this young Ottawa Senators team that is looking to make a name for himself. They're looking to... You know, uh, make a name, get these big names out there, show that they are a legitimate team that needs to be reckoned with. If you take a look at the Ottawa Senators, it's always a team that's going to be better next year and next year. And one of the things that I know that they've done on that team is when they were down and out the most is they traded away most of the players on the team in favor of getting future draft picks. And those draft picks are kind of coming into their own uh, and those players that they didn't use, they they traded off and, and gained uh, players that will help this team right now. So the Ottawa Senators are a team that I think is ultimately going to be on the rise, uh, going forward. I know that you're going to say, well, Dan, that team hasn't been relevant for years. And I know they haven't, but if you look at the off season moves that they made, I think they're pu- putting themselves in a position, uh, to do bigger and better things. And, uh, just, you know, taking a look at who's going to be playing out on the ice. You take a look, like I talked about Connor McMichael, And Joe Snively, really both great opportunities for them. And when you take a look at the lines, why did they switch the lines up? Because this CAPS team was lacking production for the last uh, few games. You know, they ended up making some moves and they got a couple great wins, got them up to 500. So you got to kind of go with what works. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I think they were probably looking at some of the. The footage and they noticed that they weren't getting quite the production that they wanted to. And I think that they wanted to get, you know, Connor McMichael and Joe Snively some playing time. You know, like I talked about in these last couple podcasts, why have these guys up on the big team if they're not going to play? If you're not going to play them, you'd be better served to have them down in Hershey where they can get some real-world experience. You don't want to learn a whole lot up in the press box. And in any case, it can stunt the growth of those players. You know, I think Connor McMichael was making some great progress. I think that we want to keep going in that direction for him. You know, and that's the big thing going there. And then also Darcy Kemper, you know, he had a shaky game this last game. I mean, ultimately, if you can pick up the, the W, that's all that matters. And the Caps did. They picked up a nice win. But he needs to build on that. His mechanics uh, were a little off. He had a hard time clearing the puck at moments. So those are all things that they're going to have to work on. So you take kind of a rough game with Darcy Kemper, coupled with Connor Brown and Evgeny Kuznetsov. Things are definitely posing challenges for this Capitals team. That is for sure. You're going to be able to truly test what this team has. Are Do they have uh what what it takes to be a winning team and to and to prove everyone around the n h l wrong that you know we're not a bubble team, you know, and even if they are say there's some strange thing in this capitals team is on the bubble, and they're a wild card, and they're not they shouldn't really be there. you know the years that some of these teams win the when win the president's trophy that doesn't really mean anything. I don't have the stats in front of me here, but how many times does a team that wins the president's trophy go on to win the Stanley Cup? It's not a sure thing. It's a good measuring stick to show how many wins you had for the season, you know. So I guess if you can use that as any some sort of indicator, that's a good thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win the Stanley Cup. So ultimately, I don't care where the Caps finish, as long as they make it past, you know, into the playoffs and ultimately past the first round. Caps have been snake bitten since 2018. We really need to get past the first round and hopefully a Stanley Cup uh, with Alex Ovechkin in this lineup. As we know, we only have Alex Ovechkin for four more years. That's what he's under contract for anyway. And then I think you will see the rebuild taking place. And I think that there's a lot of players down in Hershey, you know, you take your, or up on the big team that are, you know, not in the lineup all the time, like McMichael and Snively. That is the future of this Capitals team. Also, you could put in there, Alexi Protus and, um, Zach Fukali and all, there's a, the, it's going to happen at some point, um, but ultimately, there were certain promises that were made uh, to Alex Ovechkin that he would play on a, a, compet- a competitive team, a contender. So, I don't think you're going to see any wholesale changes uh, on this team unless this team totally tanks out and they don't even, you know, say they finish in last place, you know, say something strange happens. Anything other than that, I do think that it's going to be kind of just business as usual and, you know, not uh, doing a rebuild, but a retool uh, to quote Brian McClellan. So I think that ultimately that is what you're going to see going forward. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about why did the Caps go with Beck Malenstein over Sonny Milano? We'll talk about that next. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this final segment of the show, we are going to talk about why did the Caps go with Beck Malenstein over Sonny Milano? Sonny Milano was a guy that they picked up recently here a forward that was announced during the middle of the game. And at the time it didn't make sense. And this is one of the things that I talked about right after that is having depth in case of injury. And well, guess what happened. It happened. Injury happened to Connor Brown, a guy that was slated to play an integral role on this team this year, most likely going to miss several months. So it makes sense to have a guy like Sonny Milano, who they got for like $775,000 to play on this team, and you know if he doesn't get any playing time or a lot of playing time, well, at least they got some insurance and they got him on the cheap. Um, so I think it was a wise move. Again, it's just it doesn't happen every day that you announce these signings uh, during the middle of a game. But Tom glitty talked about this and he said, for those wondering why the Capitals didn't call up Sonny Milano after signing him earlier this week, Laviolette said they want him to get acclimated, play some games with Hershey first. They called up Beck Malenstein to have an extra healthy forward on the trip to Ottawa. Again, pretty standard fare when you're making a road trip that uh, if there is some sort of injury and there is a roster spot available, of course you would fill it. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Um, And someone like Beck Malenstein, who's been a name and a guy that's familiar to the Capitals and the Hershey Bears for quite some time, you know, you really hope that at some point he's going to get his opportunity. I know that he's had call call ups in the past, but ultimately they've really led to nowhere. But I think that he kind of fits in with this Capitals team that is used, you know, used to be anyway kind of a tough team to play against. There's a lot of, you know, tough guys on the team. You have Tom Wilson and and Garnet Hathaway. And, um, you know, over the years, a lot of big players, uh, Erskine, John Erskine, you know, just historically, you know, some uh, tough guys out there. Michael Lotta comes to mind, you know, if you want to just kind of roll back the time a little bit of tough guys that are on this team. So I think that someone like a Beck Malenstein, who's over six foot tall and uh, he, you know, just built, you know, like he's built for war. I think that he would be a good person uh, to have on this team, especially in Tom Wilson's absence. Again, I, everyone's saying, I, I tweeted about this earlier that, you know, I know he's called up, but he won't see any playing time. I get that. I know that. I followed this team for a while. I know that. But I'm just saying that if at some point they could find a way to work him into the lineup, that would be good. Because I think that this, this team tough uh, thing is the thing that the Capitals really want. Because there's one thing that you can say when uh, Tom Wilson is on the ice, uh, much like Erskine back in the day, is that you know you didn't mess around quite as much because you knew that you had to answer to the enforcer. And that was either Wilson or, or Erskine or Lada, or if you really want to go far back. Um, that that has been the Caps' identity. And it's good that they have people like that on this team. If you want to look at a good example, take a look at the New York Rangers. They ended up picking Ryan Reeves because they sensed that they were too weak. They played the Capitals, and Tom Wilson kind of mopped the ice with them. So guess what they did? The next year, they ended up getting someone like Ryan Reeves to be the enforcer. And they didn't really hide that fact. They said that they picked up him to combat the guys like Tom Wilson in the league. So if Tom, out of the lineup for some time, you know, you could really fall a long way down the standings, you know, between now and Thanksgiving that uh, I give guy, I give a guy like Beck Malenstein his opportunity to play out there. I know that he's not an apples for apples comparison of Tom Wilson. I'm not saying he's that kind of tough guy, but he is a bit of a tough guy. And that's what's lacking on this team right now as I see it. Uh, you can take a look at Anthony Mantha, who's kind of this big, tall, built guy, but ultimately he's not intrinsically a tough guy. You see, when he got into a fight, I want to say it was against the Canadians, he just, he didn't really, I think he maybe landed one punch and then just kind of shook the guy's jersey a little bit. So he doesn't have those fighting chops that ultimately you're looking for in a tough guy on this team. So that's what the Capitals need to do in my assessment here is that, you know, Malenstein's up. If it's not now at some point, give him his opportunity to show what he has. Uh, Cause I do think that, that that grit and that toughness is paramount for a successful hockey team. All right. And to just close out the show here uh, I just want to talk about, we've been really lucky to have a lot of great guests on the show. I get request, I get people, you know, messaging me on Twitter all the time saying that we should have this guest and that guest. And and believe me, I try to reach out to most, all of them. You know, I've been lucky to have Joe Badanati on here, John Walton, uh, JJ Regan, um, just a long list of players. Um, uh, Matt Wyrick, uh, there's just been a lot. I've been lucky, really lucky on the show to have some great guests. And uh, I hope to have a bunch more guests. I know that that Matt wants to come back on the show again here soon. And I would love to have him on here. But the guests I get requested for the most are Tarek Bashir, And I would love nothing more than to have Tarek Bashir on this show and talk some hockey with him. Some of these guys are a little bit hard to get hold of, you know, if you don't have a a way of messaging them. You know, oftentimes on Twitter, there's a thing that you can send a direct message or, you know, if I could find an email address, I could get a hold of them. So short of adding them on Twitter, which I've done, um, it's really hard to get a hold of them. So rest assured, I have tried to reach out to Tarek El-Bashir, and I would, you know, I would love if, you know, if he's hearing this or if someone uh, is talking to him, let him know that you should come on to Locked On Capitals, uh, it's a great show. Another one I get requested quite often because there hasn't been any women on the show other than that crossover edition that I did is Sammy Silber of Washington Hockey Now. Of course, someone that covers the team really well, rest assured, reached out to her as well, um, have not heard back. But I am working those leads on those, those people to come on the show. So I am having some uh, bigger shows lined up. Like I said, I'll have Matt Wyrick on the show. But in this, what is it? Six months that I've done this show, I've had crazy luck getting some of the biggest beat writers, broadcasters that that cover this team. So I feel very blessed in that regard, and I'm working to those ends to to bring you other big guests. But just just know, I know I get added and I get DM'd on Twitter saying, you know, you need uh, Tarek El Bashir is by far the biggest one. You know, Alan May would be another one I'd love to have on the show. Um, but, uh, I am, I am working those leads the best that I can, but there is no magic bullet way of, of getting a hold of these people. Maybe they just don't want to do the show. I don't know. I understand they're busy people covering a hockey team, but in any event, I just thought I would let you know that I am hearing your requests. I'm working them and, uh, I hope to have them on the show soon because, you know, especially take a guy like Tarek El-Bashir who's covered the team forever. I could talk hockey with that guy forever, I think. So I hope to have him on the show soon. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday, available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, Thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. It's been a lot of fun doing this show, covering the capitals for you. I look forward to, to do it going forward, but uh, just a real great moment. And I just want to give thanks to the people that are listening and watching this show on a daily, uh, daily basis. It means the world to me. All right. Once again, thank you for joining me on this show. And I'll talk to you again next time.